Good morning. As we begin worship today, we're going to be singing a song that we're singing during this series about the Holy Spirit. This song invites the Spirit of God to come and be with us. Let's begin by singing this song. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, Lord, come now. Amen. Welcome to worship at Calvary. I'm Guilherme Almeida. I'm on staff here, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. You will need for this experience a couple of things, and we like to point them out to make sure our guests are feeling welcome. You will need a worship folder with what to do and what to sing, and you will need a hymnal. That's what they look like, <laughs> in case that was point of, uh, a point of confusion there. It's always good to clarify. Um, you also have a white Calvary Baptist Church guest info card. We would love for you, uh, if you're new to this community, to fill it out and let us know and learn more about you. Drop it in the offering plate when it comes by. There's also a place there for prayers and concerns. Please also use that to share it with us. As we continue our series in worship and reflect today and learn today from the experiences of Acts and Joel, I wanted to share a couple of words with you. Our youth offer prophecy of challenge and judgment. We nod politely with clenched thief, and closed eyes. Invited to dream dreams, we prefer the familiarity of the past. Winds of vision swirled around us. We closed the windows and bolt the doors. Even on us, even here, the Spirit will pour forth. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 
thank you for this place. We thank you for the sanctuary, these classrooms, these gathering places where we can come together and listen for your whispering spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the conversations we have in these places. We thank you for our church leadership who walk through this time of growth with our congregation. We thank you, Lord, for the mystery of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides ourselves and our congregation through this new and exciting time. Lord, let us open our hearts and our ears to your spirit today. Let us not fear what it is telling us, but instead to run to your Holy Spirit. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience your glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what of prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves in those days I will pour out my spirit. I will show portents in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and smokiness and clumps of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among these survivors that shall be those whom the Lord calls. A reading from the book of Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and the tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now they were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all, all these who are speaking Galileans? And, and how is it that, that we hear each of, each of us in our, in our own, own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, belonged to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. 
All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I'll pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then, then everyone, everyone who calls, calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. from heaven descended in the form of a dove you were seen with a message of love from the Father above giving comfort to all who believe how we long for your fragrance to fill us we confess our deep need for your grace Shelter us with your wings, turn your heart as it sings, lift our eyes to behold Jesus' face. Holy Spirit, with flame you anointed, the believers on the Pentecost, bringing heavenly light and imparting great might, to the believers assigned to the lost. As the tower of fire was for Israel, fill our lives with your light from on high. You have sealed everyone who is brought to the sun. May our works by his word glorified. Holy Spirit, flow freely among us. Sacred oil giving sight where sin lies. Just as Aaron of old lit the lamps in the cold, warm our hearts and illumine our minds. You have baptized us into one body. Living water now cleanse and renew. 
sanctify us, we pray, that God's word we obey, and to Christ may we ever be true. Holy Spirit of God, breathe upon us, fill our hearts with your love, joy, and peace. Paraclete, you are mine, interceding on high, grant that our meager faith would increase. Be our lamp to interpret the scriptures, be our guide to instruct in the way. We surrender our will, as our cup you refill, to victoriously live every day. We surrender our will, as our cup you refill, to victoriously live every day. To the Holy Spirit's leading in your lives. Do you expect the Holy Spirit to change your life, to transform your life and our church? Do you believe that the Spirit of God is among us and the Spirit of God can do abundantly more than we could ever ask or dream or imagine? So the question we ask today is what do you need the Spirit to empower you to do? What brokenness in your life do you need the Spirit to heal? And to what grief or sadness do you need the Spirit to breathe new life and new hope? What relationship in your life needs the Spirit to restore? What sin in your life do you need the Spirit to help you overcome? In what situation in your life do you need the Spirit to give you the courage to be brave? In what seemingly impossible situation in your life do you need the Spirit to show up and work a miracle? So what do you need the Spirit to do today? What do I need the Spirit to do? We invite you now to come to one of these papers around the room. You'll see the orange and yellow papers scattered around. And there are crayons beside each of those uh, spaces. There's crayons in a basket. And why don't you make a note of something that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you do today. Um, you can write it fully. You can write it in code that only you and God would understand or believe. You can do whatever you want to. But often the simple act of getting up and doing something is empowering in itself. If not, feel free to sit in your own space and think and um, write on your hand or do anything you want to. But do something to show how the Spirit is empowering you. What do you need the Spirit to do right now? Let us now move. We're going to now pray to the Holy Spirit in a very extroverted way. We began by praying to the Holy Spirit um, differently, and now we're going to implore the Holy Spirit to be among us in a unique way by doing a chant, which we're all going to participate in. Yes, we are. Uh, so, all together, the Spirit of the Lord fills the world. Alleluia. 
The Spirit of the Lord fills the world. Okay, that's the group one. That's the one we're all going to start with. Okay, so let's say that with energy now. Garamay, would you model for us? Ready, two, three. Of the Lord fills the world. Alleluia. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world. Alleluia. Okay, now go down to group one. Let's do that one now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, somebody's going to have that part in a moment, okay? Now, fill the hearts of the faithful. Fill the hearts of the faithful. Fill the hearts of the faithful. Okay, now any of you that say, I can't sing, and you kind of hide behind your worship order every Sunday, today you have no excuse because there's not anybody in the room I haven't heard talk or wouldn't expect to, okay? All right, one more time now with everybody. Fill the hearts of the faithful. Go. Fill the hearts of the faithful. Thank you. Fill the hearts of the faithful. Okay. Um, Kindle in them the fire of love. Kindle in them the fire of love kindle in them the fire of love, okay? And then we're all going to add that, and then at the end we're going to come together, let the righteous rejoice before God, alleluia. Let's do that now. Let the righteous rejoice before God, alleluia. Okay. Now, so here's the way we're going to do it. We all start with the, the Spirit of the Lord fills the earth, alleluia. We're going to keep on doing that. Then on signal, This group is going to say, come Holy Spirit, these people over here, and you're going to follow these friends, okay? (laughs) Then half of you, all of you in here, on cue, you're going to go fill the hearts of the faithful, fill the hearts of the faithful, okay? And you're going to follow these folks, okay? Then on cue, you're going to go kindle in them the fire of love, kindle in them now, there's fewer people here, so you guys are going to have to really put the sound out, all right? Then this group is going to keep going, the Spirit of the Lord. You're going to follow them and keep doing the same thing. Then we're all going to come to a halt, yada, da, 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 and put the end on it, okay? All right, can we all be trusted to do that? Of course. Let's all stand. All right. Here we go. Okay. So this, you could count this as a chant or a cheer or whatever, uh, imploring the Holy Spirit to be among us. Okay, from the beginning. One, two, red. The Spirit of the Lord fills the earth. And now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. It will come as no surprise to those of you who know me that I like order. I own a label maker and I'm not afraid to use it. My DVDs are organized in albums alphabetically Um, DVDs, children, are shiny discs (laughs) that used to, uh, we used to watch, used to watch movies before there was Netflix. Those DVDs that are not alphabetized 
um, must be placed back in their original cases or it drives me crazy. So my television series are in, in a different order, but they are in order. I do not want to find my friend's DVD in your DVD case. Still, I cannot tell you how many times I have reorganized Chad's DVDs back into their correct spots before I realized that it was a useless exercise. <laughs> Chad is by far the clean one in our household. He washes more dishes and refuses to let me sweep the floors because I do not do it well enough to suit his tastes. But it does not bother him or the kids one bit to have CV CDs and DVDs in the wrong cases or, shockingly, stacked up on bookcases in tidy little stacks. It's like my family is in a secret race to see who can scratch the most CDs and DVDs before mommy runs screaming into the street. When I open the Kyle Matthews CD case, I want to find the Kyle Matthews CD. Yet while this need for order is theoretically a helpful thing, our lives don't normally work out this way. More often, our child uses our brand new pan to melt crayons into front shapes. We hit a detour on the way to work that causes us to be late for a meeting or we walk out of the office to a flat tire on a Friday afternoon before an appointment across town. We may want to control everything, but that is a desire destined not to be fulfilled. Now, there are some people, I am told, who don't crave order in this same way. They find it too boring. Can you believe that? I suppose we don't get to live and work with people who are just like us. We place value on different things, tackle problems in varying ways, and respond to conflict with diverse approaches. There is chaos, or the potential for it, in these and other differences. Diversity is hard, and difference is confusing. We're constantly adapting in our lives. Likewise, God doesn't always give us faith that is neat and tidy and in a way that makes sense. In fact, more often than not, following Christ is messy and time-consuming and even confusing. God does some of God's best work in the midst of mystery and chaos. Creation, virgin birth, resurrection, and in today's passage, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. God brings order and unity and meaning, but it's often through miraculous, chaotic, mysterious events. At the beginning of today's passage, we find the disciples gathered together, perhaps in the upper room where they shared the Last Supper with Jesus, they were confused and discouraged by the things that were happening. Think for a moment about their situation. They had the perfect leader, one they knew was irreplaceable, the Son of God, who had united this ragtag group into something special. 
Imagine their frustration. Their leader had been taken from them once in death, conquered death to return to life, and then left them again to ascend into heaven with the promise that he'd send someone later to comfort them. They must have been beginning to wonder whether this promise would ever come to pass. It had been 10 days since Jesus had ascended into heaven and there was still no sign of the comforter. They were living in a state of uncertainty, but at least they do what they had been told to do for once. They stayed in Jerusalem, praying and waiting as Jesus had instructed them to do. Then, on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish harvest festival, the people gathered together to celebrate as they always had. They sought comfort in the ritual, in the routine, and uniting as one in what they knew how to do. They turned to an event where they had experienced God before and honored God in the past. I'm sure it was something of a comfort to them, these prayers so often said and songs so often sung. Think of how comforting it is to us to return to our rituals, to worship in our church with familiar people and a jazzy rendition of go in peace, right? (laughs) Randall, I don't know what my family and friends are going to do when we move on to another closing chorus, uh, but you may have a revolt on your hands. (laughs) And then, then you show up one Sunday and there are balloons in the sanctuary. Two Sundays in a row we have balloons in the sanctuary. You want me to do what? You want me to get up and move? It can be uncomfortable to be asked to experience the Spirit in a new way. That must have been something like what it was like for them on the day of Pentecost. God threw in a little chaos. And in the midst of great difference, the mysterious spirit came and brought unexpected, surprising, beautiful unity. Sometimes when Christians read this story, we imagine the situation more peacefully than it must have been. We like to picture the spirit descending from heaven, more like the dove at the baptism of Jesus, bringing comfort and good news. But at Pentecost, that's not what happens. The Holy Spirit didn't seem very comforting at all. It came like a violent, rushing wind heard among all those who had gathered in Jerusalem. The Jews who had gathered in Jerusalem were quite a diverse group. Sure, they all held the name Jew, but they spoke different languages came from different backgrounds, and had different levels of commitment to the Jewish law and rituals. Some were likely leaders in the temple, praying and sacrificing daily. Some perhaps came only for the high holidays. The mystery of the Spirit makes sure each one of us can hear the good news in our own language. The mystery of the Spirit brings unity in the midst of diversity. The Spirit that day appeared like tongues of fire resting on the people. 
Now, right about now, you're all very thankful that I refrained from an object lesson this morning. No matches or blowtorches or flaming batons to prove my point. But how would you feel if tongues of fire flew in in a loud commotion and rested on each one of us? If God, if the Spirit appeared in so powerful a form it was possibly destructive, I might abandon the pulpit in favor of calling the fire marshal just to be safe. Yet that's what happened. The Spirit confronted the disciples with a presence so mysterious and powerful they were compelled to act. There was no time to sit and reflect. The best analogy I can think of is how a baby enters into our lives. For one, there's lots of waiting. Waiting to get pregnant, then waiting and waiting and waiting for that child to enter the world. No one knows when that glorious life is going to make his or her appearance. It's a mystery. You try to go about your normal life while waiting expectantly for it to be changed forever. You see visions of a baby sleeping on your chest, cooing pleasantly at you, and embodying every good thing in you and every family member you've ever known. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> but you don't understand how fully disruptive that bundle of joy is going to be until he or she gets here. From the birth to the midnight feedings to the spontaneous laughter, your life has been changed forever. Changed for the better, but changed in a way that demands lots of attention, response, and care. You may look at your spouse and say, what were we thinking? But all the difference disappears as you unify in your mission to keep this thing alive. And then your baby becomes a toddler and develops a will of her own. When Katie was quite young, she loved forcing her will on us, especially her food. Here you go, Mama. You eat this, okay? So, too, does the Spirit strive to impose God's will on us in surprising and unexpected ways. And the Spirit in mystery unifies us across difference to serve toward a common purpose. The mystery of the Spirit interrupts our best laid plans and challenges our assumptions of how things should go, especially with whom we should associate. Just a couple of chapters later in chapter 10, Everything's going to get messed up. It's not just different Jews, but now we have to graft in the Gentiles too? Really? Spirit? Where we see dis difference, the Spirit sees the potential for unity. Where we focus on the individual experience, the Spirit often speaks in community. Where we want the comfort of the familiar, this mystery of the Spirit is that she shows up in unexpected places and unexpected ways. 
I personally prefer it when the Spirit shows up calmly and quietly and in a private way that gives me time to consider before taking action. And I do believe the Spirit can speak in those ways. But in our passage today, the Spirit acts publicly in a way that demands a response. The mystery of the Spirit compels the disciples to action. They spoke in various languages as the Spirit moved them to speak, and just as miraculous, the Jews in Jerusalem from all the nations of the earth heard the disciples speaking in their native tongue. The Spirit disrupted the difference, bridging it to bring unity in the midst of diversity. Now, lest we make it too simple, not everyone got the mystery of the Spirit. The author of Acts notes two basic responses. First, some of them ask, what does it mean? And second, others mocked and said, they are full of sweet wine. So even though folks heard the disciples speaking in their own tongues, they didn't understand. And as we see here, some of them wanted clarification, but others were ready to dismiss the disciples as day drinkers, morning drinkers even. I mean, be honest, wouldn't you? It seems a perfectly logical explanation, and it's not an improbable question for us to ask today. What does it mean? What does it mean that the Spirit acted in this way on Pentecost, and what does it mean when the Spirit introduces unity in our difference? Peter, of course, offers an alternate explanation to the disciples as day drinkers theme. He draws on the prophet Joel, noting that the descending of the Spirit on all humankind had been foretold. This is nothing to fear, but rather something to be celebrated. At the end of Peter's sermon, about 3,000 in the crowd chose to believe Peter's account. These accepted the mysterious power of the Spirit, but not everyone believed. Probably a good many of them didn't even stay around for the, the sermon at all. Some maybe persisted in believing that the disciples were drunk. If ever there was evidence that everyone hears and interprets things differently, this is it. I think one commentator says it best when he writes, the fact that the question, what does it mean, gets asked, and that more than one explanation is offered, ought to caution us that not even the full-on power of the Holy Spirit compels a common understanding. Indeed, the very nature of the Spirit allows for multiple explanations and encourages folks to decide for themselves whether to believe or not. The mystery of the Spirit is that the Spirit brings unity even as she enables choice. And about 3,000 people chose to be joined in the unity of the Spirit that day, the day of Pentecost. And they continue to choose day after day to be of one mind, to pray, to praise, to share, to fellowship. 
It was through the mystery of the Spirit that such unity was possible. To return again to the question in verse 12, what does it mean? What does it mean for us at Calvary Baptist Church to claim that we want to live as Pentecost people? Now it is tempting, especially for me, uh, to want to tie all of this up in a nice little bow to romanticize the unity described in Acts 2 as neat and orderly and easy. And if only we'd just sell all of our stuff and hold all things in common, this could happen for us too. But as we learn in the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, and the choosing of the deacons in Acts chapter 6, the early church had its share of conflict and disunity too. They had to be reminded again and again of the unity to be found in the Spirit. They had to remember that the mystery of the Spirit unites us in spite of our differences and that we are all equal in the eyes of the Spirit. No one should be treated differently or elevated over another. To live as Pentecost people, we must embody this reality that the Spirit sees each of us as equally important and act accordingly. It is also tempting to imagine that unity means order and conformity. Sometimes, however, order simply equals order. Conformity is often a false unity that can stifle. True unity must be found in and through exploring our differences. In choosing day by day to be of one mind, working toward a common purpose. Unity always comes out of disunity. And sometimes the most beautiful things come together only after something else has come apart. To paraphrase a political slogan, we are better together and different. And the mystery of the Spirit is that she meets us in our difference and helps us to delight in them. To live as Pentecost people, we must strive to see as the Spirit sees. We must let the Spirit teach us to speak our neighbor's language. I'm not resisting the urge to make sure every DVD is back in its correct box. But I am resisting the urge to remove all difference from my life. To do so denies the power, the mystery, the complexity, and the unity of the Spirit. The Spirit that reaches across our difference to bring unity. Life is richer, fuller, and freer when we allow our lives to be rudely interrupted by God's gifts. And they may sometimes come, these gifts, in the people around us. So as we seek to testify to the mystery of the Spirit, let us not get discouraged when some do not understand. Instead, may we seek to find encouragement in those who take the time to ask, what does it mean? What a great joy and privilege to get to tell them, to show them. All of us 
sons, daughters, young and old, men and women, the mysterious spirit imposes on all of us. Today, we have a tangible way to act as Pentecost people. The mystery of the spirit who unifies us is present in this bread and in this cup that we will share together. We are promised that in this act, we are united to the spirit and to one another. It is a great mystery beckoning us in. Today and in the week ahead, be looking for the mystery of the Spirit. Be open to experiencing the Spirit in new ways. Let the Spirit unify. And don't get afraid if it gets a little messy. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we confess that we do not always understand your ways. Like the Jews on the day of Pentecost, we are amazed, surprised, and confused. Open our hearts and minds to delight in your mystery, a mystery that brings unexplainable unity. Amen. We have worshipped today around the idea of the mystery of the Holy Spirit. How does the Spirit make us uncomfortable and push us to be unified? I hope that you've been encouraged and inspired by Mandy's sermon as I have. Thank you, Mandy, for sharing that with us this morning. Ultimately, it's Jesus who showed us the power of the Spirit when he came to earth to be with us, was baptized, and embraced the Spirit's unifying role. His life and his death and resurrection all took place so that we too might have a life full of the Spirit of God. If you'd like to talk with one of our ministers about what it looks like to follow Jesus, we'd love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary today. Or maybe the Spirit is leading you to join our community of faith here at Calvary, where we seek to know and follow Jesus together in the best ways that we can. We would love to welcome you into our church family this morning. So however God is leading you to respond, our ministers will be in the back and ready to receive and pray for you as we continue in worship. Spirit, living the breath of God, breathe new life into my willing soul. Let the presence of the risen Lord come renew my heart and make me whole. Cause your word to come alive in me. For what I cannot see, give me passion for your purity, Holy Spirit, breathe new life in me. Holy 
Holy Spirit, come abide within. May your joy be seen in all I do. Love enough to cover every sin in its thought and deed and attitude. Kindness to the greatest and the least, gentleness that sows the path of peace. Turn my strivings into works of grace. Breath of God, show Christ in all I do. Holy Spirit, from creation's birth, Given life to all that God has made. Show your power once again on earth. Cause your church to hunger for your ways. Let the fragrance of our prayers arise. Lead us on the road of sacrifice, that in unity the face of Christ may be clear for all the world to see. Today we come to the table, all of us welcome. We celebrate in knowing that God is a part of all of us breaking bread together. We prepare to remember Jesus, all of us touched by the spirit of truth. We hope to be empowered by our feast, all of us with hearts burning inside like the flame of Pentecost. Let's pray. O God of creation, whose spirit stilled the waters of chaos, whose breath filled all creatures with life, we praise you. O God of inspiration, whose spirit anointed rulers and priests, whose power emboldened the prophets, we praise you. O God of Jesus Christ, whose spirit descended like a dove on the one from Galilee, whose glory shone in words of wisdom and deeds of love, we praise you. O God of Pentecost, whose spirit came to the faithful waiting at Jerusalem, whose gifts empowered the church for service and witness, we praise you. Let us now be filled by that same spirit as we remember the crucifixion and the salvation we gain through Jesus Christ. Amen. So today, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we'll be coming to different stations around the sanctuary. All who have made a profession of faith are welcome to receive communion. You'll receive a piece of bread and can then dip it into the cup. Children who haven't made a profession of faith in Christ are invited to come to the front to receive a blessing. If you'd like to receive communion in your seat, please raise your hand and a deacon will come to you. So today, as we come to the table, Let us remember how the Lord Jesus, on the night before his crucifixion, gathered with his friends for a meal. 
During supper, he took a loaf of bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks for it. Then he passed it among his friends with these words, This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So now we eat and we drink and we remember Jesus and his great love for us. And we will do this until he returns. Amen.
Just in terms of a couple of reminders, as we close out our time today, we miss Mary Alice today. She is on vacation with her family in Kentucky, and so we uh, wish for her a great um, a time of rest and a time of restoration. Wednesday night activities begin this week for all age groups. There are children's choirs, uh, the Fuse Kids, there's youth activities, there are adult classes. You can find all that information in your worship folder today. There are um, in the intergenerational choir at 7 o'clock, so something for everybody. And don't forget dinner at 5, so the menu is around, you'll see that. Other opportunities are also in your worship folder on the announcement page. You might have noticed today that we have had an art piece being created even during worship. In a way to embody this spirit of Pentecost, there will be an art piece being created each week for the next three Sundays. And so Gina Dietz-Page has been working diligently here to see this wonderful piece come to shape. And I hope you have appreciated that as much as I. Uh, you'll see three other, two other pieces come to shape in the next few weeks, and then we will display those around um, our church facility. So now let us hear these words of benediction. Go out into the world and labor to bring forth new life. Dream dreams, pursue visions, and speak of God's goodness in the words of those who would hear. And may the God who breathed life into creation be your delight. May Jesus Christ give hope to your dreaming. And may the Holy Spirit, your advocate and supporter, set your hearts ablaze with passion for peace. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. God goes with you all the way.